You know what? It could be these slides. These are these are rubber slides. Make your feet hot. I'm gonna let my I'm gonna air my dogs out. Hey, you know, remember I was telling you that story about uh, Amazon, how I never got my sandals? I do remember. They came like three weeks late. Of course they did. So now you have two pairs. Well, no, After I got your a, fucking trip. No, I got a refund and oh. I got a, well, yeah, I bought a cheap pair at like Walmart on the way to my trip, but I uh, got a free pair because I got my refund. So fuck you. That's Amazon. awesome, yeah. dude. I mean, it, and you, got, I remember you were, you were sort of like very excited about the quality of these slides They're nice. that were They're coming. They're Quicksilver brand. Quicksilver, dude. Remember are, Quicksilver, you ready for the, are you ready for the beach? Are you ready dude, to go surfing? I'm ready. You know, I like their thin profile flip flop. I don't oh, like big, 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 chunky ones. I don't like you chunky don't want to lift. No, dude. No chunky. <laughs> Even as a man of my height, I don't need like extra height. <laughs> you're with my you're an average height. I'm a five eight, five yeah, nine on man. a good day. Yeah, dude. You're fucking Tom Cruise tall. Yeah. No, come on. Isn't Tom like? Tommy Swift, he's like 5'5", five five, isn't he? Dude, let's just fucking do this thing. We're I'm warmed up, right? Are you ready? Are you yeah, and I'm good? cooling down, actually. You're cooling good. down? I got my yeah, iced coffee I've, here. got your iced coffee. I've got the fucking air cranking. Hopefully, you all can hear that. Here we go. Gear Buds Podcast, episode 125. Boom. Love this number. We were talking about, about this, this number, number. La- on last week's episode. We were. It's almost like we were looking ahead. Here we go. Uh, my name's Henry. That's Dave. What's and up? We're going to do our thing here. This is the Symphony of Corrections. Here is your weekly reminder that cables are tone tubes. Thank you far and wide for listening to this. I think we might have gotten some messages this week from fr- some friends and fans. I didn't. I. I did, was not. I was a little under the weather this week, folks. So I apologize for that. Glad if, you're if feeling better, back buddy. To you. Thank you. Yeah, medicine. Modern medicine does wonders. It's amazing. That's crazy. Um, don't forget, follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Subscribe on the things. If you've never, if you've never done this, and you listen to us on Apple, why don't you go leave us a rating? That'd be cool. That'd be nice. We like reading those. It makes us yeah. feel good. And the ones that we have are all five stars. So like, if you feel like giving us one star, fuck it. Bring yeah. it down. Bring it, man. Or, or just give us five stars because you know this is how we value ourselves <laughs> in our lives. All right. Let's get into it. Touch and tips. Friends of the show. Story time with Uncle Hank. BFI, GFI free stuff. I've got to do a little bragging here, Dave. All right. I got to go to two invite-only backyard concerts this week. It looked fun. And they were so fucking sick. Is this and the first live music you've seen since pandemic? It is not. So I've been to, so just to be clear, this is previous guest, Bethany Thomas. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much, BT, for being on the show and for the invites to these things. Old friend. Um, I went to one of her previous backyard shows. Okay. And then I've also, I've been to, a, I now have gone to, like, I went to a burger fest and there were oh. just like stages with live cover bands sure. playing. I have not been to an indoor concert situation yep. yet. I'm I'm open to it if it's a situation like it was the past couple nights, which these were outdoors. But now that venues are starting to do the like proof of vaccination negative sure. test thing, I'll feel way better about being mm-hmm. indoors with a bunch of fucking dirty strangers. Because I let's be honest, these are just germ factories to begin with, right? So, dude, it's weird even watching like movies where there's like huge crowds of people. No, it's like it's something still, they did in like 2016 strange. or something. It's so like. I watch a lot of movies and like it's just bizarre. I'm like, it's almost like you have a whole segment live? dedicated to those movies on yeah, this exactly. fucking show. If we'll get to that later. We will get to that. All right. I hope so. God, it's little, it's like the only, the, truly the only thing that I make sure that we have to get to every week That's is so that fun. for me because so fun. I just love it. Well, I hope it's for the people too. It's for, well, we've, one of the things that I think we get the most feedback about is Dave's Doc. I'm actually so going to split saying. off and do my own podcast just called Dave's Doc. Dude, we could fucking, we could have a little podcast network. <laughs> It'll be perfect. Yeah, that'd be great. But, anyways, that show, the show was so dope. It was Ted Leo who, like for i think probably a lot of our listeners are familiar with ted leo ted leo and the pharmacists uh to be able to see that dude in a backyard and just like meet him and talk to him stuff was super cool. cool it was his first and second show since before the pandemic and that dude is a road dog yeah constantly touring so he was probably ready stuff. to rip man he was ready to rip i will be honest the first show was a lot shakier than the sure. second one and then it was material flats which is bethany thomas and tawny newsom's group which she talked about on our episode go back and listen to it they made a record back in june or something like that so they basically put a band together uh they were like who can play and then ted was like uh i'll be there and then and then so not only did ted leo play a set be, like he opened for them he played bass for the for cool. the band which was super dope cool. um tawny newsome any, if anybody who doesn't know who she is she's been on a bunch of cool comedy and tv stuff she's on that show space force and some star trek thing just truly a wonderful person everyone there was great the vibes were amazing um last night so I, again i went to both nights because i'm a fucking nerd and it's also walking distance and i was thinking about it it's like you know it's suggested donation or whatever but it's still you have to pay money to go to this thing and sure. i was thinking about it I was like man why even have money 
if I'm not going to use it to go to things like that. Yeah. Because it truly fills my heart and soul and body with joy. Yeah. And um, they were just incredible musicians. Uh, last night, Beth- Bethany's Backyard, by the way, is fucking wild. It's incredible. And uh, they had a stage and like beautiful sound set up. You, you you look around and it was like, oh yeah, that's the that's John Langford or that's the guy that's the Mekons or that was the owner of the hideout. Like, it was there a was scene, just, dude. It was a it was a bit of a scene. I, cool. I wish I uh, looking I had this moment in the first and I was looking around and I was like, Man, I don't think I could fill up a backyard like this. Like Bethany just has the coolest group of friends yeah, in the world. Right. Um and if again, if you haven't already listened to BT She her her record that she, her solo record or the Material Flats album after this podcast, go fucking listen. They're on and then all listen the to our interview with her too. And then go, dude, great call. Way yeah. to keep it keep it on the podcast. Yeah, man. Go listen to our interview. She is just a delight. And so, thank you. I thanked her profusely a number of times. I'm thanking her again <laughs> publicly for being invited. It's such a wonderful thing. Um, and that was my brag time. So that was that. I'm so happy to be going back to live music. That's awesome, again. man. Here we go. I'm gonna keep it posy for a minute here. Keep it up. So we were talking about a couple weeks ago about. Mm, the worst gear deal that's ever happened in my life. Sure. And I'm very proud to report that um, I'm back on the wagon of positive gear deals. It All it took was a couple good normal ones. You're to, like, it leveled out. It leveled out. I was honestly, because as, you, as we've discussed ad nauseum, I have a lot of stuff to sell right now. Yep. And I was kind of like freaked out about it a little bit sure. and kind of bummed out about the whole thing. A little thing PTSD because, from, that, dude, from that experience. There was some trauma yeah. and, and, and I wanted to fight people and stuff, which is not my normal setting so yeah i was kind of feeling um unmotivated to do it and now i finally a couple days ago i was just like man i got to get back on the wagon you sell? started listing a ton of stuff go check out our reverb shop gear buds yeah. on on reverb uh what did i sell i sold a telecaster bridge that's just like i had lying around okay. i dude it was i i listed it it sold overnight on reverb no and shit. then uh same deal i've been doing everything on craigslist and reverb unless they're heavy because i don't want to ship amps right. and stuff Yesterday, dude came and picked up. Uh, I think his name was Charlie. Shout out Charlie. Said he's going to check out the podcast. Uh, my old monitors. I had a pair of KRK monitors oh, nice. that um, were just like my backups, and I yeah. had over at the at the space. Love and the KRKs. I got to I got to set myself. Dude, if I didn't have my Neumann sitting behind me, yep. I would gladly still be rocking. I think they're the great and they're, they're for the value. I mean, they're for the value. You know, I put them up for, for I put them up for a fair price, knowing what I had into them, which was zero dollars because they I won them like 15 years ago or something um did you have the fives the rocket i had the krk rp6 g2 so six inch second gen gotcha and they'll serve me well for a long time dude like but here's the thing i learned from the previous mistakes took a picture with them lit up tested them out told them that i tested them out gave them the opportunity to say like hey i need to test them out or or have a video of them or or if we need to do that none of the above he just came and met we had a nice little conversation knuckle knuckle pound hell yeah sent me the fucking zell money there it is out the door so very excited i've got another deal that i'm working on right now a lot of people a lot of interest in this stuff there will be tons more to come so again check out check out the local chicago craigslist for the amps or uh, the gear buds reverb page because there's a pro i think i've got probably 10 things up there that's right awesome now. Uh, and and way more to come are you se- are you selling guitars on reverb or just like uh smaller things that should i haven't yet uh i mean i i have in the past i haven't listed any guitars the only guitars that i i guess you don't have I, anything i want to sell right? that alvarez yeah which i you know just haven't listed on reverb yet um which i will um honestly though so i'm i've mentioned i actually bumped into him yesterday our good buddy james pepper uh former guest and nathaniel rateless guitar tech i want him to look at that alvarez because it has like a couple dead spots on the frets cool. that i just like don't feel like i know how to properly handle yeah um so that's why i haven't really listed that on reverb yet because i yeah Craig's you want list, it to be well you want it to be perfect when someone gets it i don't want to get it back yes exactly you know no so, surprises that's that's that. and of course you know how it always goes i as i as you saw and i earlier walked in on me playing i was playing the jazz master yeah, i know partially thinking like maybe i'll just see how i feel about yep. this but partially because i wanted to write an angry song and it's a great guitar to bash on um that, that guitar is not going anywhere no, dude. dude it's so fucking it sounded good. so good i heard it from outside and i was just like yeah dude. i love that yeah. thing so yeah not not no no guitars to go yet but there will be some amps again i'm just not gonna i don't want to list an svt on reverb maybe i'll list it as local pickup only you know mm-hmm. but like i've got the svt I'm going to sell the JC120, that Bogner, maybe the VT40, although I really don't want to. Definitely at least two to three of my cabinets because I have like eight right now. Too many cabinets. Too many cabs. 
Um, the, the main issue with that is that I have within those cabs, they all have different types of speakers. So I, the, the thing that's holding me up is that I, I don't know which ones I want. If you want to like swap them, swap them around. Like I know my, the one, two, 12 has a pair of vintage thirties. I think I want to keep them that way. But like, uh, yeah, there's, I just have a bunch of different speakers. I don't know which ones I want to keep. Yeah, or not. But I, I think what what's going to end up happening is I'm going to keep two of the two twelves, the black one that just looks like a fender. And then the orange that's covered in uh, wallpaper. You also have like 400 pounds of gear sitting right next to me here. Yeah. And, there's a uh, whole bunch more. There's a couple other, actually, yeah, I'm going to sell that trainer. Yeah. And then I think I've got two trainers that I'm going to sell. You keeping the base, the base rig. Oh man. We were kind of talking about it the other day. I don't think I'm going. So I tested it. It's fully working and yeah. beautiful. I was a little nervous that I broke it. It's not. Um, I can't. I haven't found a solution to use it how I want to use it. So mm-hmm. I think I might sell it. Yeah. I don't know. Like and 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 you and I were talking about just the asking prices on those yeah. things are out of the out of this world right now. Yeah, I mean they've been you like I said you got a great deal on that I thing because I I mean I've been following these for years yeah. and like I know like what other people have paid for them yeah. and what people ask for them right. And, yeah, you could make. A I lot can of make money a tidy profit, it. yeah. it's, but it's it's again, it's like it's the holy grail. Am I going to get another one? I don't know. But if you can't, do use I need it, another one? Nah, That's the question. I don't know. Do I need this? I have two. I have three base amps sitting next to me right now. I don't need any of them really because I just mostly go direct. I think I'm going to keep this rolling. It'd be interesting to see to record that. And obviously, you couldn't crank it like in your house. But oh, I did. I, okay, I fucking almost knocked those picture so frames off the record wall. Record that, and then like run the Kemper direct mm. with like an SVT modeling thing, and see what that sounds like. I bet the direct is going to. I sound bet it sounds good because it's it's a lot easier to capture that. Yeah, because someone already did the work for me. Right. Oh, dude. Oh, that was. I wanted to mention really quick. Excuse me. Going back, to, I just the sound was so good at that gig. And one of our future guests who uh, we've talked, I don't know if we've ever talked about him on the show. I think Bethany did, actually. A guy named Packy Lundholm, big in the Chicago music scene, incredible ripping guitar player. You were talking about his, so, his tone was really good. His tone blew my mind, so of course I had to go look. Yep. And that dude ran a Line 6 Helix Direct. <laughs> Through, and not with an, an Epiphone, too, right? With an Epiphone SG Custom. It was yeah. some of the best live guitar tone I've heard in ever that's amazing and it was a super affordable rig going direct like and it, we're not talking about this wasn't at you know <laughs> madison square bedroom as i said yeah. last week it wasn't like a huge pa it was a good sounding yeah. pa but it was not big by any means it wasn't a big sound and he went direct with it and it sounded better than the 335 into a vintage ampeg gemini with the fucking tape machine echo on top of it it sounded honestly it sounded better that's than so that. funny isn't it part of it is like yes that. the gear but part of it is that packy is an amazing player right and knows how to tweak that shit so right it gave me some faith to, and i thought of it because you said the kemper thing that like i don't know maybe i i've never gone direct live before I, i've only yeah. ever used live amps bass yeah sometimes you'll split it off and have the like yeah, just like that's the, pretty common the bass sound plus the amp or whatever but guitar i've never gone direct yeah i kind of want to if i don't have to carry any of my countless backbreaking heavy amps like why would i i yeah. i am beyond precious about that point at this point if it sounds good the only i guess the only issue is that i don't know how you do feedback you, oh you, to get live feedback to get live feedback you yeah. have to have a feedback loop so i guess maybe if you had enough in your monitor you could do it i don't know but that's interesting uh i you know it didn't it didn't present itself like last a feedback night. pedal or something like that bless you which i've i've owned both of the boss feedback how pedals. are those they don't sound like they don't sound like feedback as you like are used to, but mm-hmm. they do kind of feed like they do a feedback thing. Yeah, but it's basically what happens is it like catches the note that you're playing and then does almost like a freeze, you know, type right. thing on it. And then so that was the first one that I had with the Boss Super Feedbacker and Distortion. Yep. And then later I got the newer version of it, the Boss. I think it was just called the Boss Feedbacker and Boost or something okay. like that. Yeah, and that added some different harmonic overtones but it still never quite really sounded like feedback it's putting your guitar up to the air i don't think like, that there is any way to properly actually do that yeah. because it's it's this like physical mechanical thing that happens so those are those things all right gotta dude we're fucking cooking right now I by the way it. last week was such a long episode so i hope <laughs> listeners made it through the end of that one i chopped a lot out of that motherfucker yeah. and do we went i felt like we talked for like two hours we we almost did and we went for real long in the beginning just yeah. like buddy catch-up time I know. so that made me happy when i went to go to the edit i was like oh i can thankfully cut out at least 20 minutes of the beginning. yeah i was kind of thinking you, you were gonna be able to lop off the beginning of that. i was thinking about doing more at the end too and i was like nah this is all good stuff yeah. so you know what is there if you folks want to listen next to week's it. always another episode i've so. got a couple stories i want to talk about here this cool. one this is actually a story that 
was written about in 2017, and I just I just happened to see it now, really? but it's still I think apropos. So um, you probably know who Billy Howardell is. He's the the bald dude from A Perfect Circle. Oh yeah. Um, very sort of like memorable look. Well, I, I sort of knew this, but I guess not to the full extent. He was a famous guitar tech before okay. a perfect circle. He toured with nine inch nails, the pumpkins, guns and roses, like giant oh, wow. bands. And I read this story about the downward spiral nine inch nails tour, 94, 95. That <sighs> fucking blew my mind. I like watching that once in a while, dude, that, that era of nine inch nails. Check is this like... out. This is going to make Pete Townsend's antics seem like <laughs> fucking child's play. Okay. What do you got? In this story, he talks about the fact. So he, basically, it was his first night on the gig, and Trent Reznor sweats a lot, and he had sweated out one of the humbuckers. He plays like Les Paul Studios live, right? Or did at that time, All, always playing Les Pauls, and he sweated through a pickup, went out. So he's like, "All right, I got the soldering iron out. Got to got to swap this pickup out," and and accidentally drops the soldering iron on the guitar he's like oh fuck like this is this is it i'm gonna get fired right. you know trent's gonna kill me Cooked this a nice is little scratch ball. in it or something yeah you get that you get a burn mark i mean if yeah. anybody's ever used a soldering iron you've probably dropped it on something sure. I've, I've done it so he, this happens one of the other techs i think maybe the sound guy i don't remember who it was in the story sees it and billy's like oh man what am i gonna do he's like dude it's okay like don't worry about it it turns out that they went through 137 Les Pauls on that tour alone. What? Because he was constantly breaking the headstocks. And this and, the, and these are unique guitars. Like, yeah, they he, he would break the headstocks off, repair them. Like that counts as one guitar. Right, right. There were 137 Les Pauls on that tour. So he was that, a busy be, guy between smashing and just like accidentally breaking them. No and just, shit. There was so much chaos happening on stage. They there was a little calculation. At that time, a Les Paul studio, which is no longer the case, retailed for $1,200. This mm -hmm. was 1995. Sure. That means at that time, just on that tour, Trent went through $164,400 worth of Les Pauls alone. <laughs> Adjusted for inflation, this was from a few years ago, that's about $300,000. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Just in Les Pauls that's on that amazing, one tour. Dude. So people love to freak out. And I myself have been on that boat, and, I, and I've cooled off on it, but of being like, oh, man, you shouldn't break guitars or whatever. Yeah. Pete Townsend, he oh. broke a couple. Yeah. Kurt Cobain would smash like a, a shitty rogue at the end of the night or a right, squire right. or something. They broke 137 Les Pauls on one That's amazing, spiral dude. tour. I didn't I've never heard that. Yeah, I hadn't either. And this again, this story was from 2017. So I was like, it's just very shocking to me that I'd never come across that before. So I'm sorry if this is old hat for all of our listeners, but I just I mean, oh my god. That's that's a lot of guitar. Can guitars, you believe man. that? That's a that's, busy guitar. That's more than that a fucking that's more than the the Gibson driving a tractor over the Firebirds or whatever those guitars, the robot oh, guitars, yeah. <laughs> you know, that was like in one fell soup. But yeah. in one tour, they did more damage than that whole fucking tractor. I love did. the I love the beginning of the story, like the build up. It's like, oh no, I dropped soldering. Iron I dropped the soldering iron. Like, He's like, dude, like just, be fine. just hold on, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, oh, you sent this to me. I, f I wanted to mention, and, and I'm, I'm bringing it up a little bit early for a reason that we'll get to because of the main topic that we're going to get to later. But uh, Focusrite has released some new updates to their interfaces. The Claret Plus which, series. Which you are a Focusrite user. Big and fan. Lover. If Big anybody's fan. listening to any of our quarantine episodes, that was me recording in the Claret. Of the, half, the mic, half the mics were on those. Yep. Uh, so we were talking about it. Uh, they didn't really change anything. They added a plus. Uh, it's actually funny. You have to scroll way down before they even talk about the difference. I tried, like you sent me that link yeah. directly. I tried finding it for myself on the site and I couldn't. Yeah. yeah. I'd like go back to your text. Yep. But basically they've updated uh, the THD uh, total harmonic distortion is a little bit better. We're talking like three or four uh, decibels. Uh, the dynamic range has inc increased a little bit. Mm -hmm. These are things you're not going to notice using the like the types of microphone. You would notice that if you're using a $10,000 Sony microphone right. into it. Nobody's doing that right. because that's not the point of these interfaces. I wonder what the upcharge is for the Plus series rather than just... I would have to... I haven't seen any pricing yet. I would have to imagine it's going to be about the same. Um, but what we'll come back to is that the one thing that I did notice is that the only difference that they called out is that they used a different converter. Oh. And this is going to be important later on in the show. Okay. So I just wanted to mention that. Cool. Uh, a little more app news. So actually, one of my very favorite music apps made by Moog, the Model, model 15 Modular Synth. Uh, one of my problems, so I've used that and the Moog and the Moog apps on my iPad. They're fucking dope. Really great. My problem is that you have to use it on an iPad. You know, It's mm -hmm. like an app, which makes sense, but they sound so good unless you have a, an interface to be able to run the sound out of your iPad or iPhone. There's 
no really good way to use that until now, which they have just announced that there is a new VST wrapper version of the, the, the plugin or well, it's now a plugin. It used to just be an app on your iPad. So now basically Ableton, whatever your interface or whatever your software of choices, you can use these apps on your computer now, which okay. is like finally, cause they're yeah. a $30 app. It's not cheap, but now if you already bought it, you get a free, Oh, that's nice. You can, you can run automation. You can do everything that you would ever do in a normal plugin. You can now do with the model 15, that's which awesome. is a big deal. Have you installed it? I have not installed it yet. I have not had time, um, but I am going to because cool. it's a it's basic it's basically a full modular Moog synthesizer. Yeah, and now it's on your computer. Yeah, you too. don't have to use it on your phone. Or you don't have to. That's great. Uh, I wanted to update on this. This is actually a callback to a previous. I don't know if it was two weeks ago. Maybe we were talking about. Maybe it was last week. Uh, Bill Finnegan, the proprietor of Klon, the Klon mm-hmm. Centaur pedal, started a new YouTube channel. Right, right. We talked about it last we week. We talked about it. Yeah. So, thanks. Yeah, I think I thought it was last week. Mm-hmm. So um, I watched it. I didn't watch it in real time, but I watched like the, you know, the, it was a stream, but it's captured on the site. And first right. of all, he must have been having some difficulties because it was like 20 minutes before it started. So thankfully, I could just skip ahead. Oh, yeah. And I wanted to give the full update from that. So here's the quote. Going forward, KTRs, KTR is a new version of the Klon Centaur. Right. Uh, same exact design and everything, but it's just in a smaller box and it's in a it's in a red package. KTRs are going to have different clipping diodes, which is kind of a big deal. I guess I should feel fortunate that the ones I bought back in the early to mid nineties have lasted as long as they have. So he's been u- he bought these this random collection of diodes right. in the nineties, and he's just been using those ever since to build his pedals, and he's he and officially he's, run out. So he's not using them on the. So he 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 had been right. until now. Right, right. Uh, due to the shakeup, the KTRs will also feature slightly tweaked circuitry. As Finnegan explains, there are some modified values so that the overall result end up sounding the same as the original pedals. And so in the stream that he did, it was. Uh, he didn't say what was going on at first. He just like played it. He had it set up, you know, he showed it perfect test scenario where there was no variables or anything. It was Mm -hmm. two different KTRs and then the first ever Klon Centaur. So the second one you might remember we talked about as Josh Scott from GHS had listed on reverb for $500,000. Yes. Yes. The first one, he that was what he tested it against, and they were all identical. Right. Well, it turns out that what he was doing, and I think this is actually really clever. He didn't tell us why he was doing that. He's, he was just playing and like showing that these all sound the same. Right. And it's because he had one with the new diodes, a KTR with the old diodes, and then the original. So kind of like a Pepsi challenge for the pedals. And there were, I could not tell a lick of a difference. Awesome. That's great Which news. is great news. Yeah. The interesting thing is that, and he made sure to cl- call this out too, there's, you know, in any 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 piece, any potentiometer, any component in a pedal, there's a range of values. Mm-hmm. Like whatever it is, say it's a 10K pot or whatever it is, like depending on the the type of pot, there, that could be anywhere from like 8K to 12K. And his point was that he was showing is that like you can't just set all the knobs at the exact same location and expect them to sound the same. Mm-hmm. You're going to be able to get the same sounds. You just might have to have them set in slightly different points. And this is what he was illustrating in the in the demo too. He showed that like, yes, look, these pedals, you can't tell the difference. I can't tell the difference. I made the thing. But you can see that the pots are at slightly different positions. So again, you can't just set it all at noon and expect it to sound like the thing next to Right, week, right, right. Which I think is cool. So you still got to dial it in. You still got to dial it in. He's very clear about what it is. Hopefully, but you can get the same tone. You can get the exact same tone, yeah. which uh, you could also get from a thousand clones out there, depending on how you feel <laughs> sure. about it. But either, if you want the original, you can still get that sound. Just there's different diodes. Nice. Now. So people are probably going to freak out about are it. Are they going to be insanely expensive then? They're. I think they're they're hard to come by, but I think retail they're they're like three fifty or three ninety nine, okay. which is expensive for an overdrive, but nothing in comparison to trying to get an original. Yeah, tar, exactly. So. Um, this one here's the last thing here for this segment. I wanted to. This is the part where I show Dave something funny that nobody else gets to see. <laughs> um, this is a Craigslist post I took a screenshot of. Uh, the title is "Very Rare Guitars," and and I just actually before I read it, I want to show you. If the title is "Very Rare Guitars." I'm already really. I excited. know. I'm going to show you the picture. Tell people what the picture is, Dave. Uh, it looks like stacks of steak. It's a stack of, of steak. Stack of steaks. So and they, they look to be cooked differently, each one. Differently, rare but some to, of them are rare. To well done. And yes. uh, and and I think that's the point. Um, you can read it if you want for it. You can switch it a up very, a little bit. A very, very rare guitar. Why is it rare? Because it's blue and I own it. <laughs> or very rare guitar. Why was it rare? Because when the manufacturer made it, it was junk, so they stopped making it, but I'm calling it rare, period. 
Don't you love when you see these ads on Craigslist? I never realized Craigslist was such a treasure trove of rarities. Dude, this guy is so salty He's about so some mad. fucking posts so going mad, on dude. on Craigslist right now. And I just like anytime I'm scrolling through, and then we you haven't know, had you a good angry Craigslist post had, in a while. for a while. Yeah. And and I'm scrolling through, and you like you know you do see a bunch of acoustic guitars and like trumpets or whatever. Yeah. And then there's just a picture of <laughs> steak. I was like, this is for me, and it's making the yes, fucking podcast. Yes, dude, good so, find, man. Very rare guitars. That's that. It is kind of like a, a, a rare thing to find these ads. I, I would say because people take them down. People right flag away. them. There was I. There was one guy. One day I found a guy who's got really upset that people because ha- it's you know there's Chicago and then there's this idea of Chicago land which any yes. big city has and now face or Facebook Craigslist automatically appends that depending like if you put your if you whatever you choose like, it'll say Chicago but then also like Chicago land right. and there were like four or five posts in a row of a guy very angry about this yeah he's like it's not chicago land it's chicago and then one of them was a picture of um samuel L. jackson's character in pulp fiction basically saying say yeah. chicago land one more time motherfucker right. do it <laughs> uh, which was funny that's pretty good yeah but good also name. when he posted it five times i was like i just don't want to yeah. give this guy any credit because it annoyed me it was because it was spam at that i mean point. i see people who post from like northwest indiana a lot because that's technically chicago land and, and that's totally fine yeah. like what that's like the I last thing we're really upset about by the way if it's a good piece of gear you can drive to get it or, or yeah whatever. you can ship I mean, it there's a lot there are a lot of options other than getting really upset about it on the internet so, so funny dude I, that's what we do around here it's i love fine. it man i you know that's good man i haven't seen a good angry craigslist post in a while dude you know what i love what you know what i, I think you know what i love uh yes I, you do and i'm gonna say these two words i'm not gonna try to sing because my voice will crack because because of, of my weird sickness but uh, i'm just gonna do dave's talks boom yeah what do you got for us, dude? I got week? a pretty good one, man. Do I'm pretty you? excited about this. Yeah, I, you know, this is a this is a film that I've seen. Oh, a little different this week. Yeah, I love uh, it. It's a biopic. Ooh, ooh, about a famous band from the late '70s called Joy Division. Oh, the movie is called Control. Yes, Control. I have, have seen it. I have seen. This. I saw it years ago. Uh, it was and I, and I saw me. the or I read the biography upon which it is based. Perfect. So we can talk from a about distance. it. Yeah. Great. Great. Because I didn't know if you were a fan or not. Sometimes I like Dude, to pull baby. it out, and and then when I find out you're a fan, I'm like, okay, now. Love me some Joy Division. Love me some New Order. Let's Fucking, do it. It was great, man. Um, Ian Curtis, yes. singer of Joy Division. It kind of follows his story, yes. right? They were a young band. I can't Dude. remember. Do you, was it a man? It's been a while. Did, was it a famous actor that played him? Uh, I, he he's most famous for that movie. Okay. I looked him up. Yeah, it's a handsome devil. Oh yeah, um, it has to be. Ian Curtis was also a handsome yeah, devil. Yeah, yeah, and it, dude, the way. So I will say this, man. Uh, this is a good, like, a legit biopic where the guys are like actually playing the instruments on stage. Yeah. Like, you can tell like the drummer's playing the part and like the bass player's dude, playing the part. Nothing pulls me out of a documentary or yep. movie like that more than if you can tell that they're just totally faking. Yeah, it. like I the original that. like Jimi Hendrix movie from like two thousand. Oh god, uh, yeah. With that famous actor, I forget his name, but like. Every time he's playing, they just cut the camera away. Exactly. Like, hey, or just... Ralph Macchio in Crossroads. Yeah. Like they only sh- they only <laughs> right. ever show him from behind. Exactly. So um, this did have that. So it had uh, it had actually people like yeah. l- appearing to play their instruments. Um, I don't know if he actually did the vocals or not. I think he did in a lot of the scenes. You know, it, I think he. I think you're right. Because there's some straight happen. up parts where they're recording in the studio and he's yeah. doing vocals into like a mic and it's. It's him. Like, there's no way it's not. Mm-hmm. You can hear like the intricacy. Give us a little voice. band summary. What do you got about them? Um, they're from. Macclesfield, England. Okay, I've never heard know. of it. It's a small. Place. It's probably pronounced like in a weird way. Um, it's a black and white film. Yeah, uh, it's from 2007. It's uh, I would say it's a must-watch with subtitles. A lot of heavy accents. Some people just can't can't get through the 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 thick the thick uh, British yeah, accent. Yeah, I, I had subtitles because yeah. uh, it helps me kind of pay attention sure. to like what they're talking about. Um, the acting was excellent. I thought so. Great acting. Love to hear it. Um. You know, for people who don't know, uh, Ian Curtis was like kind of an introvert type character. Yes, um, he was more of a more of a poet than a singer, kind of mm-hmm. in the kind of in a Jim Morrison vein. Oh, uh, interesting! Even the, even and the timbre of his voice. I, I was think. I was going to get to that. I think yeah. the cadence, a lot of a lot of his, their songs and his singing style wow. is very Jim Morrison esque because he'll he'll do a thing where he's all just like linear mm-hmm. and then he like freaks out. You exactly, know? dude. That's um, a great call. I've never thought about that. Before. I didn't think about it until I was kind of watching. Yeah. It. I was like, wow. Their original name was Warsaw. Yes, which I thought was interesting. And uh, they also had a the EP, I believe, was called Warsaw. Their I think first, so. Like, yeah. Recording. Yeah. Um, did you know what Joy Division is, where the name derives from? I used to, but I don't remember, so it tell me. It was a brothel for the German soldiers in World War II. Love that. Which is a pretty clever name. I like yeah. that. Um, good good gear spotting when they're first playing when they're a young band. Ooh. There's uh, an SG bass and an SG guitar. Dude. The, the guitar looked like one of the... Um, 
not like a 60s SG, like uh-huh. more of like the 80s, like the, uh, you know, the dot inlays, not like the really not flashy ones. What, but was it like a, was it like one of the fat, the thick waisted fat body ones? I think so, yeah. The ones that kind of like yeah. make me a little squeamish sometimes. Like it looks like the ones that you could still buy like cheap today. Like that they like, they didn't work out during the pandemic and they just kind of put on a couple, <laughs> yeah, exactly. couple LBs. Like myself. I, you look great. And by the way, oh, I got to say that muscle shirt that you fucking got. Oh, thanks, right dude. Now, yeah, it's dude. a muscle car and a muscle, muscle shirt. Car and a muscle shirt. That's fucking it. sick. I'd it's, wear dude, this is a car of my dreams, man. This 90s Camaro. Really? Oh, dude, when I was a kid, that's all I wow, wanted. Wow, I 90s, didn't know that. A 90Z28 was all I wanted. I thought you were a Porsche man. I am, but yeah. like, you know, a, an obtained Original, car. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, anyways, uh, I thought that was fucking interesting. I would, I would say like Joy Division in general, I've never really listened to mm-hmm. their music. Like, I've never sat down and listened to a whole There's album. not that much to listen to, honestly. Right. Well, they were only a band for like three years. Yeah. They're the manager, the guy who plays the manager in the movie is fucking awesome. I don't even know who he is as an actor dude, or his name. I wish I'd seen this recently. I saw it like probably he's when like it came out. He's like such a badass dude. Oh, it's, man. It's amazing. Um, so he's just, he's a fun character to watch. So for people who don't know, um, Ian had uh, epileptic seizures yeah. and really bad. So he's prescribed medication. Mm-hmm. He had to take like seven different types of medication. Um, ultimately, Got him really depressed. Yeah, and I don't think they really had a super strong handle on it back in the 70s no, either. Dude, no, and and literally there's a scene where he goes into a seizure on stage and like falls yeah. into the drum kit. And the and band... people thought that he was like acting. And yeah, like they kind of like, the, you know, the crew kind of like pulls him off stage. No one really notices. Yeah. And the band keeps playing and then they're like, hey, we're Joy Division. You're the crowd. Good night, you know. Mm-hmm. And they walk off and they're like, great show. And he's just like laying on a couch like all yeah. fucked up. Um, so it's it's actually kind of a sad movie. It's it's it's, well, a, little, it's a fucking sad ending. I'll say yeah, that. it's a very sad ending. Um, for people who don't know, he he uh, hung himself in, when he was only 23 years old. And he was watching like a Werner Herzog documentary. There was like he was watching yeah. something very specific. In the at film, the time. in the film, he has like a really intense seizure. Like yeah. he's like foaming at the mouth. He's all by himself, and then he just wakes up in the morning and's like, I can't do yeah. this anymore. So that's really fucking. You said sad. he was only 23. 23. Dude, that's I had to look wild. it up because yeah. I was like, how old? How old are they supposed to be? So that means they were a band when they were like 20. Yeah, right. And like already getting like pretty famous. Mm-hmm. Um. So I thought that was fucking good. Um, anyways, it's kind of a slow movie. It's two hours long. So that's a bit long. It's a film. You know, yeah. it's a it's a full length feature film. Um, got to build up the character to make it make you care. Got to build the character. Yeah. He he was kind of a piece of shit. I mean, he definitely yeah. had a wife and a kid. That's right. And like then he gets a new girlfriend. Right. Because that kind of like lead singer rock star thing. Um, but yeah, I thought it was uh, I thought it was pretty fucking interesting. So there, how do you feel about now that you like you said you've never really listened to the music that much? Now are, would you say that you're a fan of of the tunes? I like the, you know what I like about the music? I like the idea of the music more than the music hmm, itself, okay. if that makes sense. And it's like, very bass forward It's as super well. bass forward. It's super like two chord, drony, yeah. linear. Um, and what what is kind of funny is, so in the very beginning of the film, they're, they're at a Sex Pistols concert. Mm. And apparently, I was even reading about this in an article because I had to kind of look up some shit because I was like. How much of this is real? Yeah. And that whole scene was like this. It was like, for, it was a really famous Sex Pistols show. It was like in 76 or mm-hmm. 77. And they basically like kind of met at that show, dude. I know what you're talking about, and it, the the like the myth is that like everyone says that they were there, most people weren't, but everyone yeah. that was there started a band. Yes, exactly. Like the Smiths yeah, and like exactly. yeah, like all these guys. So um, I thought that was kind of fucking interesting. That is, um, yeah. I mean, they were they were a punk. They had a punk rock attitude. To go back to like the music, yeah. they had a punk rock attitude, but they were like the opposite of punk mm-hmm. because like you know they didn't shout in the fucking mics and like go crazy they actually synthesized there was a lot. sensitivity they, they in a lot of ways i mean they kind of brought in a lot of this sort of like proto new wave total well sound. that's i think they were kind of the godfathers of yeah. new wave you know in a, in a lot of ways so um i definitely want to go back and listen to some joy division i don't know if it's Dude, for will tear us apart is just like a classic yeah. song at this yeah. point and I, I like new order you know that's cool yeah and so yeah hooky peter hook and those guys came yeah. out of that band he basically yeah he died and then they're like well what are we going to do now yeah and they started one of the biggest bands of that yeah era. yeah so that's kind of cool yeah i like when bands keep going even if they have to like change the name and, and stuff like that because it's like People love you, you know, they're going to come see mm-hmm. you. You're giving a gift, you know, you have to play music. You know, it's like, and now I think about it, it's sort of like uh, that one documentary we were talking about that I watched about the Descendants. Yeah. Where it was like, they were also all right. for like a long time, because, but it was basically the same band, but, mm-hmm. you know, different songs or sort of like a little like Hot Bloods, Easy Demon situation <laughs> that sure. we've got here. Yeah. With like a lot of the same members. Yeah, you know, which just is different going, tunes. going even stronger now. Fuck so, yeah, dude. Yeah. Um, yeah, I thought it was a fucking good movie. Check it out. It's called Control. It's from 2007. It's on Amazon Prime right now for free. I didn't know that. Okay, um, I'll watch That's it. why, actually, I was like, oh, that's going to be yeah. my Dave's doc this week. So I was, you know, I keep forgetting. I was looking through my Netflix, like my list mm-hmm. on Netflix. There are a bunch of docs on there that I'm quite sure we've never talked yeah. about. I've got to remember to send you some of them. Yeah, oh, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, please do. Uh, you know, it's funny. Amazon's funny like this. They'll put movies up and they'll take them down in like a month. So it's weird. If you don't, if you have them flagged, like there's so many movies. Yeah. Excuse me. Uh, there's so many movies I flagged. 
And I'm like, I got to watch this, got to watch this. Dude, and then they just disappear. Or they don't even take them down. And then it's just like, they all want of to, a sudden you. to pay for it. Yeah, yeah. That's happened to me a bunch of times yeah, recently where I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go back to this one, whatever <laughs> yep. video game documentary. And it's like, oh, it's like five bucks now. Well, yeah. I don't want to watch it that That's bad. true. Like, they'll leave it up there. Netflix will just take them down exactly. completely. They'll just disappear like yeah. they never existed. So, all right. What do you got? Um, How many? Uh, I gave it a seven and a half out of ten. Uh, so, um, what are we uh, um, loving from touching from a distances? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, no, that's good. That's good. Seven and a half. Yeah, sauce. it was good. It was it was a long movie. Yeah. Uh, it drags a little bit, but it's cool. If you like the band, you're Must gonna watch, love the movie course. for sure. For sure. I think I would imagine a lot of people who like the band probably saw it already. Oh, too, I guarantee. It's like again, there's just I think it was. I mean, transmission. I think was like that was the full length record. There maybe there was, and then there was the Warsaw demo or EP. Yeah, I don't. That might be it. Yeah, I, think, I don't know if there's anything else. There's so maybe a, a couple singles or something. There's a cool scene in the movie where, like, I think it's like the guitar player like draws the design, and he's like, "This is gonna be our like," which is like one of the most famous band T-shirts of all time. That like awesome, wave dude. design thing, yeah. Been, you know, punned and so cool, satired a million different ways. Mm-hmm. I've seen like Homer Simpson, so many different versions <laughs> right. of that. Right. Dude, good one. I'm glad. Yeah, you know, that's good get, movie. I, this is one of my favorite things about Dave's Docs is that it also it just like reminds me about stuff that I used to love or haven't listened to yeah. in a long time. And then it's like, Oh yeah, I should listen to joy division again. Shouldn't I? I have to go. I have to go listen to it. Now. Hell yeah. Yeah. Sweet man. Good job. Uh, let's do, we've got a couple things for future gear and then I've actually got a, another sort of like larger topic to talk through. Great. Semi related to a thing that we got through earlier. So two things for future gear. This is something that when I, and actually they're both fender now that I think about it. Ooh. So this is for you. Fun. The first thing I'll be honest. And this is, this is, this is my own personal, weakness and something that I'm working on, but I sort of rolled my eyes when I first saw this until I realized how important I think it actually is. Uh, Fender just announced that. So they've got their Fender Play app, Mm -hmm. which is their, like they gave out, you know, three months or six months or whatever for free during the pandemic. It's their lessons app. Yeah, which is great. Which And and I've used it and it's very good. Mm -hmm. Um, They just rolled out the Barbie collection in the Fender Play app. And again, this is me being a fucking old white guy that was like, whoa, at first. (laughs) But then when I started to think about it, I'm like, this is absolutely brilliant. So Fender has now further proved to me that they get it. Yeah. Because... This unlikely unlikely partnership was struck up to promote the new Netflix film Barbie Big City Big Dreams and allows aspiring young guitarists to learn to play songs from the film. Mm-hmm. Also picking up some like skills and techniques or whatever. Sure. The deal stipulates that anyone who purchases a Barbie doll inspired by a guitar playing character will get three free months of Fender play lessons via QR code. Uh, sticker on the box. Fender CMO Evan Jones. We believe it's important for young aspiring musicians to see themselves in the heroes they look up to. We want young women to see that they can be anything, whether that's a guitar player, songwriter, producer, or any other career in the music industry. I am overjoyed by this. Honestly, we've talked about it a lot. We need more diversity in our world. I'm, I'm just a perfect example. Dude, watching these two strong, powerful fucking black women lead these two concerts that I went to yeah. last night, I was like watching. I was like, man, if you can't live up to that, I just like don't give a shit about your band anymore because it's just a unique perspective. I'm not saying there's no room for us and people that look like me and you in rock music. We've done it for a long time, sure. but it's better when other people bring different things into it. Yeah. That's, I mean, it's like going from Joy Division and New Order, like you when you evolve and do, take new things into it. And the only way to do that is for young people to get excited about right. it. So if young girls are watching Barbie movies and wanting to play with the dolls and then are also given three free months of lessons, yeah. that's amazing. I'm so excited. Are they about doing this. like a guitar or anything that kind of goes along with it? Like that's a good question. A Barbie I like special. I guitar? haven't seen one. I know that because I know there was that Hannah Montana. A guitar that yep. Washburn made for a while. Did they do the Daisy Rock stuff, or was that a different? Daisy brand? Rock's a different company. Okay. I think they might have gone under and were bought by someone. Yeah. I don't remember who it was. Maybe First Act. But I know they were trying to kind of market in that direction. Too. Yeah, yeah. And I think that that's good. Like, yeah, make shapes and colors and sizes that are interesting for young girls, but also don't pander. Like, no. young girls can still see a Strat and or sell a, a black Les Paul Strat. And yeah, be like exactly. that's dope. <laughs> right, you know, like doesn't yeah. have to be. But I, I, I wonder though if they're gonna re- like go beyond just the toy and be like, or hey, like, like, oh, they made the Hello Kitty guitar. I think that that's, was that's what I was. Which, thinking. by the way, I don't know if you've looked. That's the Music Master, isn't it? They're they're just like small strats. Oh, are they? But they are so expensive now. Yeah. Like like five hundred dollars plus. And those were, you know, hundred, two hundred dollar beginner yeah. squires for a long time. But because people are like, Oh, these are actually kind of cool, they're insanely expensive yeah. now. So I actually I, I, I hope I would love I dude, honestly, I, that's why I was looking. Yeah. Because I wanted one. Yeah. Uh I I think it's a I actually think that's a really good idea. I would hope that they at least put out some sort of like 
it, again, it doesn't have to be like the stereotypical Barbie pink, a like pink whatever. Yeah, like, but right. something to uh, to appeal to that audience, I think, is a really good idea. I think Fender's done a great job of that too. Like even the starter kits they have themselves, where oh, you yeah. can buy the Squire and the amp and all the stuff. Like, and you know, at Guitar Center for ninety nine dollars. I mean, how many, how many, how how many guests have we had on the show that that was their first started, instrument? Yeah, yeah, you totally. Know? We didn't so, have that when we were growing up, you mm-hmm. know. We had we had to piece it together with like yeah. something from a garage sale or something exactly, like that, which you know? I had a Radio Shack amp and yep, a, a phone. <laughs> I had a PV PV twenty watt. Uh, yeah, mine man. was literally a Radio Shack. Brand yeah, I remember that amp. brand. Yeah, I wish I still had that fucking thing. <laughs> Left it at my first jam session ever. Oh, forgot no. it there. Said I would come. That's get how it important. Never it was. got it again. <laughs> well, I think it was because I showed up with it. Yeah, I've told this story on this. Or you don't like before. you didn't want to like to carry it. I like I like walked in. I see. I was. It was. I went to play with a bunch of old dudes. Yeah, and I was like thirteen. And I like saw them playing all their big amps, and I like sort of like put it down and like stood in front of it, like oh, uh, uh, and then just like left it because I played right. through their big amps oh, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I still wish I had that thing. So yeah, good oh, job, way go, Fender. Way to go, Fender, man. I, this is also Fender, a lot different though. Okay, you might have seen this. Okay, and you've already brought up the Smiths, which is mm, one of my one. Of, I think one of the most underrated bands of all time. Dude. Yeah, if Morrissey wasn't such a dickhead, yeah. I would I would have to agree. Yeah, he's annoying, uh, but he's super annoying. However, Johnny Marr is not annoying, and no. he has a new song out. It's called Spirit, Power, and Soul. And in that video and on the song, he plays a Strat. And Johnny Marr is mostly known for Jaguars. Jaguar, right. He plays a Strat. Dave, let me tell you, this Strat is not, not... You have never seen a Strat like this Strat. What do you mean? Well, what I mean is that this Strat has nine single-coil pickups on it. Come on. I am not fucking Are they just packed you. in there? They're literally... It's just a row as, as like from bridge to neck a row of single coil strat pickups and there are 18 switches on it what yeah dude so here check it out <laughs> do you have a picture of it uh i don't i don't but oh, okay. I will, i'll show it to you after yeah. so um here we go making its debut in the video his eye-catching acts bamboozled viewers striking awe and an element of intimidation in the hearts of keen guitar <laughs> players around the world that's great dubbed the spirit strat after spirit power and soul he also took their opportunity to respond to a fan who inquired about its unorthodox pickup pairing revealing the nine pickups all feed into each other to make one giant one. Hell, I was hoping that would be the case, dude. It's, but yeah. it's still unclear. Is it one giant humbucker with nine coils? Is it nine coils wild, wired in series? No one knows. There's also, again, 18 switches on there, which he has not explained right. what those things do. They've got to just be like toggles, like on-off switches. Or There's something. one master volume and tone, but really, I mean nine single coils so it's like i you know i couldn't help but think that like sometimes when you're describing a strat is like oh is it an hss is an sss it's an dude that's that's rad what would you what would you do with that like if you had it i would see first of all with that much magnetic action happening i it's a it's a shock to me that the strings can even vibrate yeah. and don't just get like sucked just down get, yeah like if you had right like a wedding the, ring on you would just be dude, like exactly yeah what would i do with that man i don't i would get an ebo or something i don't know like i, yeah. I would make like cra- I, I would tune all the strings to like the same note and just play like crazy drones with it or something man I'm, i have so many said there's so much i don't know about electronics but i'm like could you like throw it out of phase with all those pickups and just have like this wacky like absolutely because that's the, the famous thing about the jaguar tone you know is that like that out of phase kind of, or even the strat like the the two and four sure. position getting right. it stuck in there like you've got two four six eight position or whatever <laughs> the fuck it is on this thing so i guess i mean in theory you know the strat has three single coils standard yeah. so it's really just three times the amount of pickups it's a there. triple triple right, right. Situa- situation and there are they all packed in a row like there's right no space between there's them? no space that's dude. funny I, dude. it's i like i saw the picture at first before i watched the video i was like that's just got to be like a photoshop or something and yeah. then i watched the video and listened to the song which is a pretty good song um and uh and he does he does play that guitar in the video oh, and shit. it looks fucking sick man how's his tone in the song it's johnny it's marr be, it's yeah. great he's, dude he's it's awesome, fucking dude. it's chew it's chewy and kind of gnarly and yeah. like it's not it's definitely not jangly I, it's mm-hmm. like kind of a little more nasty yeah. sounding i would say but it doesn't it truly doesn't sound uh, like if list, if i was listening to that i might have had a guess but like i would not say that it sounds like a strat or like a jazz master right. it sounds like it's this own sort of weird thing dude i wonder if he'll come out with like a signature it sounds like something only like custom i don't know do i mean it, for well you'd have to have the you'd have to have the swimming pool route obviously which i yeah. think most shitty strats have that anyways so right. no, no big deal there um you'd have to you'd have to make a custom pick guard but it's true i don't know like i think the hardest part honestly would be cramming all the switches inside there like that's 18 switches 
inside I, of pick guard. I mean, look, man, you're you're not completely decided on what to do with your twelve string. I think uh, <sighs> there could be some room for uh, I'll nine call, pickups. I'll call, on there. I'll call our guy and <laughs> just call be your like, guy. "Listen, dude, I figured it out." He, well, I can't reveal too much, but it's, he could have been involved in that. Now that I think about it, it had to have been made by like Fender. Or yeah, something. right. Exactly. So. Um, that's very cool man, I, I want to see this thing. you got to see it and you should check actually. out the song it's yeah, good spirit power and soul maybe maybe it's worth a little, a little repost on the facebook for, yes, our, for yes, our friends indeed. there all right man so i i did a little research this week okay. so i've been we talked about um we've talked about the other podcasts a lot recently and i've realized that one of the things i get the most joy in doing this podcast is actually like doing a little bit of research and, and having a little bit of information to share beyond just like here's a new guitar or whatever right and Something that I, I've been seeing come up a lot, not only in the guitar world, but in other industries, which we'll get into as well, is the huge chip shortage going on right now. Because of the pandemic and another thing, silicon chips right. yes. are at a huge all-time low right, right now. And this is having major impacts on our industry and many others. So I just wanted to get into that. So first of all, I just wanted I came, I mean, I don't know if this is going to be the title or not, but in my mind, I'm thinking of it as siliconless valley. <laughs> Uh, so <laughs> there's that. Uh, so what are, chi- what are these chips? Why do we care? They can be semiconductors, microprocessors, integrated circuits, ICs, call them what you want. The silicon chips found in electronics of all kinds have been in short supply since mid 2020 with chip makers struggling to meet unprecedented demand for the high tech devices. I think we all know this is going on. Chips are key to building a number of things in, in, in our world, but mostly audio interfaces, portable recorders, and any gear that converts analog signals to digital audio. Mm-hmm. This is what we were talking about earlier with Focusrite and their new DAC, their new chip, which right. they mentioned. They don't mention why that they're using a new DAC, but I would have now to believe I've... that it's because they couldn't get the chips that they used yeah. to use. And they're like, let's just call it a more improved version. Here's a quote from uh, Focusrite's chief o- operating officer. Integrated circus circuits serve lots of different functions in an interface. It's where we load the firmware and the software that make a Focusrite interface what it is. In normal times, lead times for these parts take around 16 weeks. Uh, His name's Tim Dingley. Now, those 16 weeks are moving near 50 weeks. Wow. So what changed? Well, obviously, COVID. That's that's a big one. Um, Undeniable that that's playing a part of it. But as I've done more research, it turns out that is not the only reason really? that there's a shortage. There's a few other things contributing to it. Yes, there's been worldwide lockdowns that changed, but so that that not only changed manufacturing, that changed consumer behavior That's because instantly yeah. everyone wanted to buy these fucking things, right? right. And it, again, it's not just interfaces. It's like fucking Electronic microwaves, yeah. cell phones, and uh, here we go. The interface market, whether it's for making music, podcasting, webcam audio, literally everything you want to do now, you need to stream audio or digitize it in some way, and to do that, you need an audio interface. Right. There's something else that happened. Uh, there's the main chip factory that made all these is called AKM. There are a number, but AKM was the biggest one, one in China. Yeah. And in October 2020, the face the place fucking burned down. Holy dude. shit. So like while there's already this shortage, while there's already this huge demand, the main factory burned down. Oh, wow. and there, were, there, were, there were actually a couple factories that burned down, but the main one in October 2020 burned down. So I was reading uh, this guy. The Joe, other ones burned down too? A couple have burned down, dude. Oh, this guy, Joe Stopka from Tascam, uh, quote, scurried to find those chips at every possible distributor in the world, even to pay premiums for these chips. And this is this is sort of the other industry part. Unfortunately, a lot of those chips are also used in the auto, automotive industry. Yep. And we're this is him talking about the music industry. He says, and we're just a tiny, puny industry compared to them. And those guys can pay premiums beyond our ability to pay premiums. So they're getting the chips. So the surpluses of those chips got taken up instantly. Yeah. Then we turned to other chip manufacturers, ordering heavily from Texas Instruments. And then four months later, Texas Instruments canceled their orders because, again, the demand was both higher than they keep up with and then other people were coming in and try and outbidding Tascam and Focusrite and all these companies wow because again while we have a podcast dedicated to it and it's central to our lives in so many ways the music gear industry is a fucking pissant compared to automotive, automotive industry or, yeah the Samsung's of the world making right. refrigerators and telephones and whatever yep. Apple they don't they try to make all their own semiconductor and chips but they can't like right. it's just like it doesn't make sense for um, production reasons the chip shortage has infamously led to Ford and GM, bu- I didn't know about this, building vehicles without chips, then parking the unfinished vehicles, waiting those details for weeks or months wow. before shipping. No shit. They call this a, 
a this is called a build shy strategy, which mm-hmm. I had never heard of before, and which products are manufactured just shy of all their parts. But for companies like Tascam or Focusrite, this is not an option because they it builds around their the margins chip. are way smaller. They can't. Right. It's not even building around the chip. They just can't afford to to have to sit on that much inventory and keep building things right. when you can't finish them. And or maybe sense. you're never going to get the chip. You yeah. don't know. That makes sense. Unless this is a quote from, again from Tascam. Unless we have the full component selection, we don't even start building something because we work on small margins. We can't afford to have something sitting there we can't complete and ship. Wow. So they can't even try to get out ahead of it like these big companies are doing and just like be ready for the chips. They can't afford it. And again, there's no guarantee you're even going to get the right chip. You know what else is really interesting about this? And I wonder if this has something to do with it. I, I've gotten like two emails in the last like three weeks from Focusrite. Um, just I'm on their standard email mm-hmm. list and they're really pushing refurbished stuff right now. Dude, 100%. And they're like, they're like, come get it. like the last generation, like, uh, you know, exactly. 1820 or whatever. And like they'll knock 50 bucks off the price. I didn't know. I did not know that this they were offering yeah. that, that and discount. I've, and it and makes you just reminded sense. me. I've got like two emails in the last like two weeks about yep. it. So, um, yeah, that that totally makes sense. Well, so there there are some other things. I'm going to come back to that, but yeah. So there is the other. So the AKM factory, and then the other one was called Renassus uh, in April 2021. So the the AKM burned down in 2020. This other one burned down April 2021. Wow. So that was already happening. On top of from the last president ma- that we had, there was huge trade frictions that we have. They they tried cutting off basically our access to China. So this has led to restrictions also on China's biggest chip manufacturer called SMIC. There's that and severe snowstorms in Texas that shut down Samsung's Jeez. semiconductor plant in 2021 in February of 2021. This is not so it's it's again it, like it's easy to think like oh covid that's what it is but there's there so many factors. Two of the main factors Two of the main factories burned down. We basically fucked our relationship with China, so we can't trade with them. And then the one that we have here, because of Texas getting fucked by the storms that were happening in February, they couldn't do anything. So you've had all these one-off events happening at the same time, and then that's just really led to this insane situation. So why? But you might be asking yourself, well, why haven't why haven't why hasn't chip manufacturing risen to meet this demand? Why why don't we just like build new factories? Sure. it's kind of not that simple. However, the U.S. has actually very recently moved to incentivize semiconductor production. Uh, it's called the National Defense Authorization Act of 2021. This is something that Biden just pushed through very recently. But they can't just spring up overnight because it turns out it's super complex, like pretty much the most complex manufacturing that you can do. I can imagine is silicon semiconductor manufacturing. Yeah. And and again, look, look at like PlayStation fives right now. You mm-hmm. still can't get those. Yeah, like, right. They're. Sony would like to make more of them. They just can't. They just can't. Or like if I don't know how much you pay attention to like the gaming or even Bitcoin mining world, they sure. they all use uh, graphics cards. Yes. And and like so the one of the big ones like the there's the 1080, there's a 2080, there's a couple of these like main ones that used to be say like seven eight hundred dollars. Aftermarket, they're all two thousand dollars plus right now. Jeez. Just like the PlayStation, because again, you just can't get these chips. So what's an audio gear manufacturer to do? Well, I think we've kind of touched on it. First of all, Focusrite has released new stuff with different chips, and they're talking about it as like an upgrade. Well, I think that it's truly because they just literally can't get the chips that they used to use and had to announce a new product for yeah, it. So right. it, as much as it seems like maybe it's like, oh, marketing. Well, that's what I texted you. Like my initial thought was like, oh, it's just a marketing play. Yeah, which yeah. makes sense. And that's usually what these things are. Right. right. But I the more that I dig into this story in particular, they had to change the build. I think they had to do it. Yeah. I don't think they had an option. Right. Otherwise, they just couldn't keep making. This and then they're like, they're how do we to. present this simply to like people, you know, the yeah. masses. Yeah. Tascam specifically in this article I was reading said that they're being very, with their R&D research and development, they're being very selective about which products they're even thinking about right now. So as they're breadboarding things, they have to be extremely sensitive to what components are available. Right. Because of this ship short, I keep saying that. Because ship of shortage. this ship, sh- 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 <laughs> because of this chip shortage, we're looking at building products that don't rely on tri- on chips, like headphones, microphones, maybe a stereo bus compressor or a mic pre, pre- or a simple EQ with a limiter that can be used in the studio. Interesting. I think we're going to start seeing a lot more of that. Interesting. Companies that maybe focused on computer heavy, computing heavy things are going to start making more analog type. I gear. dig that. You know what else I dig, man? You know what else doesn't use chips? A fucking guitar or bass or acoustic guitar or a fucking drum kit. Like, because of this, I'm very curious to see how, what the repercussions are in terms of just the music that gets gets made in the world. Mm -hmm. If you can't buy an interface, maybe you're just writing on an acoustic guitar and recording that into a tape machine that you already had around. Old school, going back. The other thing is that 
uh, you can make software. And this is why I think Fender is pushing their Fender Play. Software, you've already got a fucking computer. So, like, if you've already got a laptop or whatever your machine is, you don't need a semiconductor to make some software for it. So I think it's going to be both analog side, but then also, like, interesting developments in software plugins or, um, you know, your DAW or whatever it is. I think we're going to start to see some more of that. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, So I read this other article. I think this was on the BBC. Uh, Curry Coes, an analyst at Gartner, says that among the pressures facing the chip industry prior to the pandemic were actually the rise of 5G. That was a big deal. So like all these phone makers having to to jump on that. This is like a couple years ago. Right. And the decision by the U.S. again, we already talked about to prevent the sale of semiconductors and other technology to I don't even know how to say it. H-U-A-W-E-I. It's like the biggest phone manufacturer in China. Chip makers outside the U.S. were quickly flooded with orders from the Chinese firm. There are some other less obvious complexities. For example, this is interesting, too. There are basically two main approaches to chip production. There's either 200 millimeter or 300 millimeter wafers, uh, which refers to the diameter of the circular silicon wafer that gets split into lots and lots of tiny little chips. The large wafers are more expensive and are often used for more advanced devices. But since they're not going to be able to get them, now we're going to start seeing simpler devices that can only be made with these 200 nanometer Hmm. chips. So while the most again, as we're talking about, a lot of companies are sort of pivoting elsewhere. The ones that are still able to get it are really only able to get the, like the simpler kinds right. and are going to make simpler devices because of it. Oh, no shit. Yeah, that's interesting. Because usually technology is only going in one direction. Yeah, like, you but know, it's we, only getting more. Complex. We don't have an option. And these right. companies, they have to make something or they're going to go under. Right. This is the last thing that I didn't realize. And, and it makes a lot of sense when you think about it. So uh, shipping costs have also gotten fucking wild re- uh, recently. It used to be that sending a single 40 foot container. You know, like your standard, uh, like you see it on the, on a train or whatever, like a, a shipping container right. uh, from Asia to Europe. Currently, that currently costs seventeen thousand dollars per container. Uh, he, this is from George Griffiths, editor of Global Container Markets at S and P Global Platts, so the expert on this shit. Guess what it used to cost? I just said seventeen thousand dollars is the current price. Is the current price? I don't know, five thousand, fifteen hundred bucks. No way. That's more than tenfold increase wow. just to ship one single container right now. So you do that at scale. These companies, I don't know. I don't, I don't know, know how, how they, they do it. Honestly, it. I don't like. Yeah. It's and 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 so my this is I didn't even think about this until now. My brother-in-law runs a one of the main. There are like only a couple main shipping yards in Chicago. He is like the the boss of one of them. Yeah. He told me that it's actually gotten busier. I thought that it would have like I was I, I, I saw him down. last weekend. I was like, hey, like tell me like what's work like? Is it? I, I thought it, yeah, I thought it'd be have slowed down. He said that no, it's the opposite. That they're for the first time since he's been in the industry, they're actually turning shipping containers away, which wow. is not a thing that you want to do for business. Like you want to take as much and you as you can because that's how you make yeah. money. He said they're literally they'll just sit there from like now containers will just sit there for months because they don't have anything to do with them Holy or they turn shit. them away. It's that busy, and they, and again. A single container seventeen thousand dollars when they used to be fifteen hundred. That almost doesn't even make sense. I can't. I can't, I can't really wrap my <laughs> brain around it. Who's who's flipping the bill on this? I don't know. And and wow. someone's gonna have to pay eventually, yeah. right? Yeah. So it's I. So that to me is like what's happened and what's happening. But I I guess what I where I'd like to end this is like what's next. You know what are, what do we think is gonna come? I out look of forward this? to the analog revolution myself. I think so too. I think that's really cool. That's yeah, exciting. the analog revolution. I like. God, I hope that, that happens. <laughs> we'll see. You. I wonder. You know, can you make a a Tascam Porta Studio? little cassette recorder without semiconductors i have no idea i mean I i've got know. a couple i don't want to fucking crack yeah, them I open say, but I don't, I don't know enough about you know the 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 inner the inner work i don't either like i i would imagine you should i mean tape machines existed before we had semiconductors so right. ma- so probably but all of these even like the new stuff that tascam has made in, in recent years that you know records in analog format there's still computer stuff involved you know there's like digital processing there's semiconductors like ice integrated circuit chips basically integrated circuits are great too because it's like it doesn't just have to be computing stuff you can take a whole guitar pedal shrink that down to the size of a little chip and put it on there you know so that that's it right and that's how a lot of these things are done so i don't know man i I, when did we when did we start using the chips like in the 80s 70s 70s yeah okay yeah so i mean it was invented before that but i'm pretty sure but in like like music industry revolution yeah all that stuff wasn't right that's interesting 70s yeah i look forward to the analog revolution myself what are you gonna do in the analog dude i'm gonna i'm gonna record like a acoustic guitar just straight to tape and then you should definitely do that and then i'm i don't know why i just don't do that right now yeah i and that's what i'm thinking too i'm sitting here i'm like oh man i like i'm worried about all this stuff it's like i have all the stuff i can i can just like record my acoustic guitar into my phone right now and it'll be fine 
Yeah, that's a good point. Hopefully my phone doesn't break because it's going to be a lot harder and more expensive to get them. And I'll be honest, I'm a fucking gamer nerd, dude. I've been wanting to get one of the new consoles. They, you still can't do, you can't walk I didn't into know a you store and buy them. them. Really? They're still... Are there like black market stuff too? Oh yeah. God. I've seen and, people And that those. pisses me off. But then I there's like... fuse to participate yeah. in that. And then, well, then you just don't even know if it's going to like fucking work or what. I mean, Not even that. I like... Though they jack the price up. It's for, for sure. 500 when they're new. I'm not paying more than that. Thousand bucks. Absolutely not. And that was, <laughs> I mean, that was when they first started coming out. We're talking like 2,000 bucks for these things. Right. Like people right. were spending. And I also, again, I, I've been looking at getting a fancy graphics card to run externally with my Mac Mini. You just can't get them with, and, and partially because of the huge increase in Bitcoin mining, but also because of the fact that you just can't, they can't manufacture them anymore. That's they wild. just don't, they don't have the chips. Yeah. It sucks for gamers, man. That's it sucks for gamers. And, and as we, as you may, or, and I know, you know, but our listeners may or may not know the gaming industry dwarfs the film industry, oh, the music industry yeah, combined. Yeah. Like absolutely. it's billions of dollars at this yeah. point and, and the squeeze is real. So we'll see what well, happens. I mean, that's kind of the interesting thing. Like music will find a way, but if you, if, if your hobby's gaming and you want to get one of these new systems, or if your job is gaming and oh, like God. you have to, you're a developer or a tester or right. a writer, any of that stuff, like, the barrier to entry to be able to do that is way higher and more expensive now because they, again, even, even that, like your, your point, the refurbished stuff, like even like a used graphics card is super expensive because right of now the because whole thing. Of it. Yeah. That makes sense. That's the wild. demand's way up. The demand's way up. Wow. So I don't know, man, I feel like again, like just go bang on your dang analog devices and then, yeah. and then, you know, we don't, we might have to worry about Get it. Get that uh, street fighting man guitar tone going. Oh. I love that guitar tone. I heard that's just overdriven, like from a tape or something like that. Like it was, it's, yeah, it's the, like super hot mic or something. It's they're running direct on those for a lot of those guitars. Yeah. The same with those, like the toy drum kit, man. They just made yes, it sound exactly. real crunchy with exactly. the with an analog desk because that's what analog does best. That's cool, man. You know what's cool? You're cool. You too. And your fucking t-shirt. Thanks. I'm gonna fucking steal that thing. Dude. <laughs> no way. That's Seriously, right. I'll beat you off and fucking take it. <laughs> and then that guy will come take my Bogner. And this was a, a new it. old stock too. It had the uh, original tags on it what? from the eighties. Yeah, swear dude, to God. that is a. Fu- you've got it was in you've plastic. Got, you're. I. I mean. I've been saying it everywhere, but your fucking t-shirt, my t-shirt game, game has been top notch. One, one thing uh, during the pandy was my t-shirt game. Yeah. Way up, dude. Just sitting on fucking. Which is funny, yeah, because you just wear it around the house. Yeah, I, I don't even go anywhere. Yeah. I just try to wear a fresh one when I come to see you all the time. <laughs> and that makes me feel nice. <laughs> yeah, dude. Dude, I seriously, I just like, I've been distracted a number of times in, in this podcast just looking at your fucking. This would probably fit tea. you better because you're taller than me. This shirt's a little bit. Is it long? See, shirts are always, they hover on me. I've got a long torso. Yeah. Sucks, I probably dude. got some some smaller shirts that I grew out of that I could probably give dude, you. Dude, if you if you ever think of any, you're I mean, I'll trade shirts. I would love to trade shirts. I've got, dude, I've got a ton of shirts that are too big for me. See, there you go. Oh my God. We, we changed sizes over the pandemic we, we swapped well my friend all right thank you for this Dude, i had a delight delightful episode, episode i you know i'll just I, I woke up feeling not great today yeah got my shit together got a big old smile on so your face, fucking man. happy that we did it me so too, thank man. you for doing this with Absolutely, me i love dude. you dave love and you too, uh, if you made it this far in the episode why don't you go make some music on an analog device <laughs>